And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. WrestleMania. It is the fast lane to WrestleMania. Is that like Castlevania, but mania? Yeah. Ever That's play exactly Castlevania? Like DC Matthews um, at DC Matthews NAI. You know Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I think the only Castlevania levels I ever played, like you remember in Doom. I think it was Doom Two. You got to a certain point, and then I think you played some sort of similar Castlevania level, or maybe that was Wolfenstein. I don't remember Castlevania being in. Wait, are you saying you played a level I think I might be thinking similar... about Wolfenstein. I okay. think I might be thinking of Wolfenstein. There is a Wolfenstein level in Doom, too, yes. Yes, then that's what I'm thinking of. Then, no, I've never played a Castlevania game ever in my life. Do you even know what Castlevania is? Because it's nothing like Res- like Wolfenstein. No, I my I, I if I told this story before, I should I apologize, and I really should stop doing that. Um, it's okay if I don't remember. How could the audience possibly? My, uh, you know, I I didn't have my first video game system was a PlayStation. My grandmother bought me a Nintendo, but. Uh, my parents told me that we didn't have enough electrical outlets in the house for me to plug in the Nintendo, and I believed them. Oh so yeah, they yeah sent you, it back. You've you've totally told that told story that story. On the show. Yeah, I remember that one now. Um, so, so wait, uh, you physically had a Nintendo? My grandmother bought it for me for my birthday when I was probably I don't know what whatever you know six seven eight maybe. So and what? they brought it back. What did your parents have against Nintendo, or they did they thought, just want the money? They thought that it would that a video game system would be detrimental to me uh, because I was probably knowing myself. I was probably already lazy, <laughs> and so a video game system probably was not going to make things better. So, okay, you know, the the bane of my father's existence when I was in high school was that I would spend a lot of time, as he put it, laying on your belly playing video games. And so, which is true. That was like when SmackDown, you know, shut your mouth or here comes the pain, you know, those, those, the early days of wrestling okay. video games. And yeah, I played those all the time. Now I know your parents sometime listen to this show, right? They know about it. We've had this conversation. So my question is though, what's so bad about playing video games? Like your your um your father, the champ, right? He uh Yeah. He whittles. Like he takes wood and he makes things. And he like wood car. I the 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 I, I think he might take a little bit of offense to the term whittles. He is a wood carver, yes. Okay. Alright. I'm sorry. Some I don't mean I, I I did not mean that to be um you you know uh, negative i i i am not familiar i'm not, i'm not discerning enough in the wood arts to know the difference between whittling 
and wood carving. But so what that's you're saying is is what you're saying is he has a sedentary hobby. So why wouldn't he? Why would he have a problem with myself having a sedentary hobby? To some degree, but like I mean, I understand you can say, well, you're working with your hands and you're building something tangible and you're creating something, which then you could do something with. But as I understand it, he doesn't necessarily, you know, sell his creations. It's it's not like. No, not, he's I'm not just... doing it for financial gain. He's doing it because it, it is a hobby and it has become a a passion of his. Right. Um, I, I think they wanted me to be outside more. They wanted to be more active. They wanted me to be focusing. It probably had to do with they were worried it would, it would detract from my studies. And again, I'd like to point out I was probably seven or eight years old at the time. So my second or third grade studies, I would not be practicing my times tables if I was sitting and playing duck hunt or whatever. Do you think that, you know, when you were in your second or third grade studies, it was already clear that you maybe would eventually have problems with say math one Oh two. No, because it wasn't until, you know, I was a very good student up until, middle school, like, you know, seventh, eighth grade. Once they started telling me that letters could replace numbers, I was like, all right, this is this is a scheme. So what you're telling right? me is you had video games in high school and you were a very good student up until right before you got to high school. So maybe your parents were maybe right? there's some merit. Maybe <laughs> there's some merit. If I didn't have video games, if I wasn't playing WCW versus the world, still among my favorite wrestling video games of all time, uh, you know, maybe maybe I would have done something more than with my life than just being a teacher. Don't you think that you do an awful lot as just a teacher? Oh, I'm sure I do, but and I don't know. just mean activity wise. I mean in terms of importance. I'm I'm saying I could have gone to become a broadcast journalist. Maybe maybe you'd see me sitting next to Corey Graves. So are you it saying be... that being a broadcast journalist is better than being a teacher? No, I'm saying it is a it is a job with more financial and perhaps public renown. You know, you, you when people come in and say, "Hey, you know, what do you do?" and you say, "I'm a teacher," they're like, "Wow, good for you." <laughs> when someone when when someone you know if someone were to say you know what do you do I'm you know I'm a play by play announcer for World Wrestling Entertainment or even you know I'm an on camera reporter for you know WKRP in Cincinnati uh, you know there's there's more questions that happen with that it's whenever someone finds out I'm a teacher it's wow good for you I could never do that job and I go I know and that's the end of the conversation. But again, I have no I don't regret being a teacher. I enjoy it, if only because it frees up my evenings, weekends, and summers to watch wrestling and to play video games. Sounds like a win-win to me. It is in fact a win-win. So, um I know this is going to this is starting off remarkably like what DC and Doc Talk is going to be where we just almost talk. intentional but uh, what is Castlevania? Because I actually do not know. Can you can you talk to us oh. about Castlevania? Castlevania is a long-running video game series dating back to, I mean, the original Nintendo Entertainment System certainly is where I was first familiar with it. If you want to tell me there were games before that, 
sure, I believe you, but that's where I first became uh, aware of it. And it's basically like you are, you play typically anyways, I think the first couple of games you play as Simon Belmont. It's, it's like a family of lineage of these monster hunters or maybe Simon's quest is the second game where you maybe not Simon in the first game. Okay. I don't know, but the Belmonts are the family that you sort of play characters of. And it's basically like uh, you're a monster hunter, a Van Helsing type. And in usually in those games, you're hunting down Dracula. That's what the first one was. Um, They've they've sort of become their own thing though. Sometimes you'll hear people refer to games as Metroidvanias, um, almost like a subgenre. And I don't know if you've ever played Metroid, but again, that's a game that's somewhat similar to the Castlevania games in that it's a two D side scroller with an emphasis on progression and exploration and finding items and so like as you find items you can do different things you get different weapons that opens up different areas and you it, it's it's this whole sort of thing uh, it's a type of game it's a type of genre and it's very well renowned there's been a million different sequels there was three of them on the nintendo there was a bunch of them after that there was they continued to make them through the playstation era they still make them now some of them made 3d action character games out of them they still make the 2d games on portable systems um so long-running fa- franchise very well um loved by fans even if the most recent Certainly the most recent 3D installments were nothing to really write home about. Although I do hear that, again, those those 2D mobile versions were quite good. Uh, but I haven't played one probably since, like, Castlevania 3, again, on the original Nintendo Entertainment System. But that's me. Isn't the main character of Half-Life also named Simon? Nope, his name is Gordon. I was close. Simon and Gordon to me. Gordon and like spelling-wise. There we go. Gordon, Freeman, Simon, similar at least in terms of the rhyme sound, the final sound. Um, All right. Well, we've covered Castlevania. We've covered, uh, we had a little therapy session for me in terms of, you know, my lot in life. And again, Um, I just want to say, I did not mean to uh, disparage uh, the the art of wood carving. I I did not realize that whittling and wood carving were... Were two different things. Again, that's just me not knowing enough about the wooden arts. Maybe if there's a pamphlet or maybe uh, a quarterly magazine, wouldn't you uh, think that they would carve it? You would. You would carve like a, like tablets, like Moses. I'm sure you down could. Although I don't know how you would easily disseminate such uh, information. You know, presented that in such a way. I mean, well, imagine true. carving that into a big piece of mahogany. What? what you're never going to get that anywhere. Nobody's ever going to... That's like... You're writing that for your own benefit. That's what I'm saying, if that's what you're doing. Well, he would be writing it for your benefit with his wood-burning tools hmm. that he has. For for this Oscar... No, his name's not Oscar. Ultimo here. Your dog's named Oscar. My dragon is named Ultimo. It has been It's a burned. really cool Merry, Ultimo. Merry Christmas, DC Matthews from Papa Matthews 2016. So, um, wait a minute. Well, yes. maybe... Okay, maybe I just need to have a doc talk with Champ because I'm actually sort of interested now. I don't. What's the difference between whittling and wood carving? To be fair, I'm not sure that he would make a distinction. Perhaps this is me 
you know, assuming that there would be, you know, I, I remember trying to whittle at one point, taking literally like a paring knife from the kitchen and going outside for I had no video games to play and sitting on the steps of like our above ground swimming pool and like taking just a stick off a tree. I literally think I broke the stick branch off the tree because I was not a lover of the earth back then. I didn't like being outside. And I remember trying to do something because my dad's always dabbled in it. And so, so wait a minute. They allowed six year old DC Matthews. I was probably closer to 10 or 11 when I took the paring knife out. I was going to say, they don't let you have a video game system, but you take all the knives that you want. You take them right outside, out of our supervision, and you just have good old fashioned fun with those knives. Unsupervised. But don't you dare, do not dare play a video game yeah all right sorry sorry uh we got back off track there that, that's okay i think this is just proof that neither of us want to talk about fast lane i don't even know what that is uh it is a pay-per-view and i am actually going to, to do you a solid uh despite the fact that there are eight matches on the card i'm not going to ask you as i usually do to name them all oh, because i know you. that you can't I know. Let me I know see. That you Let would... me see if I can. Oh. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna ha, try. I goaded you. You into did. It. You goaded me. You you offended my sense of honor here. Um, and I actually don't think I can do it. But um, no. But I bet you can get at least half of them. I've got Kevin Owens versus Goldberg. That's one. I um. I actually I don't know about this. Didn't they just have their rematch on Raw? I was going to say Charlotte versus Bailey, but... That's two. They did well, have they... a rematch on Raw, though, right? The one where Dana Brooke jogged down to ringside? No. Because that was Charlotte's Sasha. I don't think they've had a one-on-one match since Bailey won the title. I thought they did this week. Oh, no, they didn't. You're right. That was, that a, was a tag team match. match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, All okay. Right, so Charlotte you're, you're, versus Bailey. You got two. Um... The club versus someone. Yep. The number one contenders to the tag team titles. The number one contenders to the tag team titles would be... Sheamus and Cesaro? No, they are no longer the number one contenders. So go for the only other tag team you can think of on Raw. The New Day? All right. No, no, not them either. They're, they're, I don't think they're going to wrestle on a pay-per-view ever again, it seems like. They're not on the show. They're not on the card. I honestly cannot think of one other tag team on Raw. One of well, them's tall. One of them's yeah. short. And there's only one word to describe them. Oh, better spell it out for me then. There you go. Yeah, okay. E- E-N-C. E-N-Z-O space A-M-O-R-E. Anyways. Yeah. Enzo and Cass are the number one contenders, and they are huh. taking on the club. All right, so that counts as half. Um, All right, we'll give you partial credit. You're at two and a half. Let's see here. Let's see. Now, Intercontinental is on SmackDown. U.S. Championship is Jericho, but he's probably still injured. Correct. So not on the card. Um, 
Man. Okay. Oh, wait. Uh, Samoa Joe versus the Ska guy. The guy who likes to skank. What's his name? Uh, Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn. Three and a half. The Ska guy. He really likes to skank. That's what he does. Um, Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. That was the first He's one He's got they to four and a half. All four right. and a half. Um, Seth Rollins. No, no. Is he back? I, I didn't really catch all of Raw. Is he actually? No. What, he, said, he said he would be at WrestleMania because even if he has to crawl, he will get his hands on Triple H. But they, I don't believe they said he's cleared to compete in any of that stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, you're missing a title. There is another title that is technically defended on the Raw brand. Oh, Cruiserweights. Okay. I have not seen an episode of the Cruiserweight show since I caught up, and that would have been like a month and a month and a half ago. So I'm going to guess it is the gremlin-looking guy whose name I'm forgetting. Neville. Neville. And he's going to be facing the guy with the umbrella. Now you're doing it on purpose. Okay, yeah, that's that's Gentleman Jack Gallagher. I know his name. Correct. You are only missing two matches, and I and I don't blame you for missing them. Yeah, I don't um, know. Go ahead. The matches you are missing, and let's talk about them first. Let's start with the pre-show. Um, the epic team of Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa. We'll take will on Brian t- Kendrick and and Noam Dar. There you go. Yeah. Hey. We'll give you half credit for that one, too. That just seemed like a good team. It does seem like a good team. Actually, I enjoy the heels in the cruiserweight division are doing a whole lot more for me than the baby faces. Yes. Even with the exception Jack. of Jack Gallagher. Well, with the exception of Jack Gallagher. I liked Jack Gallagher, but Uh-oh. having Uh-oh. admittedly, like I said, I haven't watched it in a month. But I do sort of feel like his shtick is becoming tired already. Well, and that is what we that is what we feared. Back when he was feuding with Arya Divari and doing the parlay and all of that stuff. We did worry that this was going to happen. I felt like they did too much with that gimmick too soon. They overexposed it. And I really don't think he should keep carrying around an umbrella. I would assume that Neville, uh, on Sunday, at Fastlane, will destroy the umbrella once and for all. Now, of course... Jack Gallagher has multiple umbrellas. That's the whole. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but also his umbrella, whose name is William. Yeah. Was broken during that initial parlay. Yeah. And then he has another one. And then at one point he had three. Arya Dvari at one point broke two and he just had them under the ring, which I which you know, and maybe this is should be covered on a different show. But who is responsible for the stuff that goes under the ring, and why aren't they doing a better job of it? Because, you know, all of the things... At what point do you need a kendo stick under a wrestling ring? What purpose would it serve besides to be part of a match? And then, you you know, That's, I don't know. That is the purpose. Well, but what I'm saying is, you know, the whole idea is that you're supposed to find these things under the ring that are, that are you know, that make sense around a ring. Wait, a table wait. and a chair. Why... Why is that the assumption? Why do you think that 
you're just happy. Like, okay, like if that was true, if your assumption actually was what it was supposed to be, then they should be finding, I don't know, a wrench, maybe a socket set, maybe a rubber mallet. Yes. Okay. That is. But like, there would be no use for a sledgehammer. There would be no use for. I could just. I could pick. I could potentially well, no, the kendo stick is is where I draw the line. I could see some sort of justification for a sledgehammer in that maybe it's you know maybe in the taking apart or something you need some sort of big hammer sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, maybe we want to deform and wreck the pieces of the ring that we're going to have to disassemble, put on a truck, bring to the next town and reassemble. That seems like a good idea. Let's just let's just break it to pieces. I'm saying it. It is more. It feels more in place than a okay. Kendo that's stick, fine. That's which, fine. But at the same time, why is that your presumption? Why is that the expectation? Is it not because this is a wrestling ring? Fights, sanctioned fights are going to happen, as well as unsanctioned fights. If you look at the history of the sport, uh, you know street fights are a thing. You know that weapons are allowed. So wouldn't you want to be prepared in the event that your general manager decides we are going to have a kendo stick battle tonight? Shouldn't there just be kendo sticks there, given the history okay. of the sport? All right, you just provided a logical explanation. If, you know, because at first I was like, well, yes, if there's going to be a street fight and you knew of it ahead of time, then yes, you would put things under the ring that might make more sense. You might put a garbage can under the ring. You might put a kendo stick or a stop sign under the ring to be used as a You know a what I think would be great, though? Because you're, you're, what if different general managers started putting different things under the ring. Kendo sticks? Oh, Mick Foley doesn't like kendo sticks. So it's just going to be all baseball bats with barbed wire. Well, And that and that's now what I want to see. I want to see a backstage segment in which Mick Foley is talking to some guy in a black polo shirt with a headset, and he's like, these are the things you need to find and put under the ring for tonight's street fight between Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. I want kendo sticks. I want barbed wire baseball bats. I want two by fours. I want lighter fluid, you know, on the off chance that they did that. At that point, then I would be like, okay, that makes sense. But it's when it's, it's a completely, you know, it's not a street fight. It's just a regular old match. And all of a sudden the kendo sticks under there for a second. I am unable to suspend my disbelief. But again, that's just because of the presumption that you made. But nobody's ever addressed that. Nobody's ever said the only items that can be under this ring are the ones that are actually useful for the assembly and disassembly of the ring. Yes, we know that fights happen here. Yes, we know that people might want to stash things here. But that's not how it works, people. We check these things before the show starts. We get rid of any contraband. It is just ladders and sledgehammers, apparently, because that's a thing you use to disassemble a ring, according to DC Matthews NAI. And that's it. Nobody's doing that. Why would you make? Why is that assumption more natural to you? Now I want than the other. 
Now I want the keeping it kayfabe general manager who addresses no, that'd be all so of good. these sorts of things. I mean, I've talked <clears> myself <throat> into it. I think that would be There so are good. two wrestlers who come out for a contract signing and the general manager goes, we're not going to do this. It never works well. Historically, statistically, 97% of all contract signings end in violence. We're going to go backstage. We're going to do this with the cameras are off. You're not even going to be allowed to be in the same room. If you want to fight now, fight now. But I'm not going to have a contract signing right now. You know what I want to see? I want to see a contract signing, and in the ring when they're doing it, they negotiate which items they want under the ring during the match. What if that was a contractual obligation of the company, where Dean Ambrose is like, oh yeah, I want a cheese grater, I want the lid to five different garbage cans, I want a 60-gallon aquarium, and a ferret, as well as 16 Mitches, right? What if that... Was part of the negotiations for a match. Now that is a contract signing I would watch, as opposed to every other one probably of the last year, which I fast-forwarded through. But that, where they're literally going back and forth and saying, okay, you know, I want I want chairs under the ring. Well, you can have six chairs. All right. You know, I want six chairs, but that means I need two tables. Okay, you can, <laughs> and they just... All right. That's great television. I'll concede television. four chairs... In exchange for two fire extinguishers. There you go. Exactly. And they literally just go back and forth. That I would watch. That would be great in a backstage segment where literally it's one of the running themes of the entire show. And you see like Stephanie McMahon and she's just slowly becoming more (laughs) frustrated. (laughs) As the two of them continue. They're trying to even decide what sort of match it is. They're like, I want a two out of three falls match. No, no. Those sometimes can take too long. Let's do it. Let's do a street fight. Well, I don't want to get my, you know, I don't want to get myself dirty. Have you seen the floor out there? It's disgusting. I'm not going outside. Oh, man, we should work for wrestling. Yeah. Forget this whole teaching and science thing. Let's just start a wrestling company right now. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get back to Fastlane. Uh, do you care enough about the pre-show to make a production? No is a perfectly acceptable answer. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's going to be high-flying and flippy-dippy, and and that'll be it. And I think my only prediction is that by the end, Rich Swan is with Alicia Fox. Okay. It that's, makes perfect sense. That's all. Because there, there was a moment on 205 Live a few weeks ago, or maybe it was even on Raw, where... Rich Swan was hitting on Alicia Fox, and she seemed to be into it. Where did Cedric Alexander go? Who? He's gone. Exactly. Cedric Alexander. Has he just really been gone? I haven't seen him in a while, but I haven't watched. I didn't watch this week's 205 Live, and I can't remember if I watched last week's 205 Live. Either way, um, let's get to the card itself, and we can breeze through it. What was the other match that I didn't get? Oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, You failed to mention... Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. Who gives a crap? People who like Sasha Banks. I like Sasha Banks, but I don't know if you know this. And I don't know if this is an African American. (laughs) That will never not be funny. Thank you, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Thank you, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, I like Sasha Banks. She's fine. But I cannot care about Nia Jax at all. Less. Any less. 
Okay, well, let me let me ask you this. Um, you could only one of them. One of these two women is going to be on your TV every single week. Which one is it? Is it Nia Jax or Dana Brooke? Which one do you pick? If you had to watch one of them, one hundred percent Dana Brooke. Mm, see, I I, I think like I Dana would Brooke. Pick Nia. I don't like Dana Brooke. You're I lost. Like Nia, I like Nia Jax better. No. Would you rather watch Nia Jax or Emma? Emma, one hundred percent. I would watch Emma more than most of the four horsewomen. Even if she's only Emmalina? I don't even know what that is, so yes. Okay. All right. I would take Emma over Becky Lynch for sure. I would take her over face Sasha. Mm -hmm. And that might be as far as I'm willing to go. But Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, we'll start with that match. I'm predicting Nia Jax because we need a reason. I do think we're heading towards some sort of multi-woman match for the Raw brand. Um, has um, Sasha Banks beaten Nia Jax yet in any of the matches they've had? I don't know, and I don't think it's necessary because Sasha's already super over and a former women's champion. This, I think well, Nia win. I think Nia winning justifies her being included in the Mania match, whereas Sasha could automatically be included just because she's Sasha Banks. I think that's true. However, my interpretation of the Fatal 4-Way on Monday was that Nia Jax pinned the champion. That is all the justification they need for her to be in that WrestleMania match. I don't think Sasha Banks has ever beaten Nia Jax, um, at least not on the main roster. So I'm going to go with Sasha. Fair enough. I'm going to go with Nia Jax. No, wait. You're going with Sasha Banks. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're saying Sasha Banks finally gets that victory she hasn't had yet. Right. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. Fair because enough. again, Nia I... Jax already pinned the champion. They're, they need no further justification to get her into that WrestleMania match. I could, I can see it going either way. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, but at the same time, I, I'm. Can, is it possible to be intrigued and apathetic at the same time? If so, that's how I feel. Okay. I will accept I'm, in- that. I'm intrigued by the match itself. I am apathetic about uh, the story and where it goes because you know. And the other reason that I'm predicting Nia Jax is I think Sasha has to lose, 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 so that she can turn heel. Like it has to be not going well for her, so that when she turns heel, there's a justification for it. The thing is, they're not going to turn Nia Jax's face. They're not going to turn, turn Charlotte. Sasha face. won't. It's Bailey versus the world. It's yeah. Bailey versus the world. I don't think so. Unless they move Oscar to that show, which and they then should. Bailey and, and then it's Bailey and Oscar versus the world. Oh, they're going to. They're going to. It'll be Bailey Oscar versus the world. It's going to be Bailey versus Oscar after WrestleMania. At some point. At some point. No. I, it'll be Bailey versus Banks after WrestleMania, and it'll be Oscar. Oscar versus everyone else. Um, all right, let's move on here. Sami Zayn versus Samoa Joe. Yep. The match will be very good. I enjoy both of those talents. But again, you know, the rumor that I just saw before we went on to uh, record is that uh, WrestleMania, it'll be Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe. In the rematch, we never needed to see. Is that Oscar? It is. Hi, buddy. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Let's take an Oscar break. Yeah. 
Hey, little guy. Yeah, um, I don't really want to see Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe either, but if Finn Balor's really going to be ready um, for WrestleMania, I don't know what else you do with him. I want to see... Go ahead. They haven't built up anything else for Samoa Joe to do. I want it to be Finn Balor and Seth Rollins versus Triple H and Samoa Joe. Okay. Bat. Balor's not necess- might not be 100%. Rollins might not be 100%. Triple H is 40-something years old. Let's just put them all together. That means you can do Rollins versus Triple H later when Rollins is fully healthy. That free- that opens up possibilities, you know. So what's the over-under on, you know, Finn Balor performing more or less sling blades than the number in the title of WrestleMania this year? Well, I don't think he'll do 33. Plus, there's no title. Have you no seen some the- of his matches? Plus, there's no number anymore. They stopped counting after Well, there's 30. still a number, even if they don't acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh. Excuse me. Did you hear that Santino theme? I did. It was almost as good as my uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake theme. Yeah, that's what happens when people call me. It's supposed to only be my parents, but apparently it's... Uh, it's switched to everybody. But yeah, when when Mama or Papa Matthews call, we get the Santino theme. Um, oh, ba- yeah, Balor's not going to do 33 sling blades. He might do 13 sling blades, but he won't do 30. That's that's just crazy talk. Um, I... It's really sad that we're going to have a raw pay-per-view where Cesaro and Rusev and New Day won't be apart. Like, that's how you know that roster is too big. Like, when SmackDown has a pay-per-view, they use everybody. I'm not going to miss any of those people. I'm going to miss Cesaro. I'll miss them all in their own way because I like watching them wrestle. I like watching Cesaro wrestle. Plus, I want to see Rusev's new haircut, and I'm not going to be able to see it till Monday. I... Yeah. Um. Doesn't Samoa Joe have to win? Yeah. Yeah. That skanker is getting spanked. There's a lot about that sentence that made me uncomfortable. Yeah, well. Uh, The club versus tall guy and small guy. I don't care. Let's give it to Enzo and Cass. I don't know. I, I think we're getting new tag team champions. I think the club... The club being champions while good for them because people seemed to want it does nothing for the company Enzo and Cass having the titles at least is interesting it's something alright because then Enzo and Cass can wrestle the revival when the revival comes up how crazy is it that Raw's got the roster that's much deeper and yet I think they're going to get all of the call ups because they already got Samoa Joe I don't know if Shinsuke is getting called up. And I think they're going to get Asuka, and they'll probably get the Revival. Yeah, but then you just have to remember that a bunch of people are going to get switched to SmackDown during the draft. so Or released. Or released, yeah. Like Jack Swagger. Already has happened. He's gone. Good. Goodbye. He's the first of many. Curtis Axel, I'm sure, will be next. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's exactly it. 
Okay. We lost our energy. So you say we lost our mojo. Well, I don't think he's getting. It's because we're talking about a pay per view that, while I am looking forward to watching the matches, the build has not been great. Despite what Kevin Owens did two weeks ago, Kevin Owens opening that show, cutting that promo was great. Owens and Goldberg going back and forth this week did nothing for me. I didn't see it. And I will say that's still the only match that I'm really like at all intrigued for in this paper. It's not the match. I'm just intrigued to see what happens afterwards, but it's becoming increasingly obvious that it's just going to be Goldberg winning that title. If, if this pay-per-view had happened last week and the last thing we saw was Owens cutting that promo, I would have really thought Owens was going to win. Um, I'm, you know, we can talk about it now because we're, you know, let's just do it. I'm, I'm really split. I could see either thing. I do not want Goldberg to win this title. I do not. I do not think either Goldberg or Lesnar as champion does anything for this company. I'm telling you, man, it's as I said, you're going to have Goldberg win. You're going to have Brock Lesnar come out. They're going to be facing off. And then the lights are going to go out and Taker's going to be there too. I mean, that's just what they're going to do. That is the only logical thing to do. What else are they doing with Taker? Unless he wrestles Roman Reigns. Unless you're going to tell, sorry, Braun Strowman, love what you did, but you're going to win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and we're going to do Roman Reigns versus Undertaker. I have zero interest in that match. And we're going to build it in four weeks because WrestleMania is what, April 2nd? I think something like that. Yeah, it's it's literally it's today is March 2nd. There is literally one month until WrestleMania. And you're going to tell me an Undertaker story in less than a month. Well, in all fairness, the best Undertaker story I can remember them telling in recent memory was, I think, his first match against Triple H. And that was simply they got into the ring and stared at each other at the end of Raw. No words were exchanged. They just grumbled at each other and WrestleMania was in the background. Do you remember that? That was the first time I think they faced off and that was it. That was the I wasn't watching then, but I've seen it since then. They built and sold that story in a single interaction. Well, yes, and because you had Undertaker, all-time great, Triple H, all-time great, still relevant. Now Are you're you going to suggesting bring... that Roman Reigns is not an all-time great, sir? Currently not. You have offended my 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 spy, my stuff that I can't think of right now. Your sensibilities? Yeah, that's Your the one. Your sensibilities? Yeah, that's the I'm one. I'm sorry. He is not yet an all-time great. Perhaps he will be. I doubt it. But at the point, he is not. Um, We'll come back to Owens and Goldberg. Bailey versus Charlotte for the title. Bailey's, I mean, Charlotte's winning it again. The pay-per-view streak continues, is what I think. Yes. The pay-per-view streak continues. And Doc Manson agrees neville versus jack gallagher i love jack gallagher but he has no business winning this title because i do think it it's it's the bloom is off the rose a bit so who are they building to take the title from neville or i i think they're gonna go you know if we're gonna get baron corbin dean ambrose in the intercontinental title match and it's just gonna be the two of them you do a cruiserweight ladder match and it's everybody Okay. It's Neville, Gallagher, Perkins, Swan, 
Akira Tozawa, you know, you you do something like that. It's a multi-man ladder match, and I want Neville to win that one too. All right, yeah, yeah, Neville. Roman Reigns versus Beef Stroganoff. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Beef Stroganoff. If he beats Roman Reigns, what does he do at WrestleMania? Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Royal Rumble match. But isn't that like I I tweeted this out. Can they find nothing better to do with him? Why not build to him versus Undertaker? For no reason. <laughs> I mean, they could. He's been looking for competition. Unless he's going to literally retire Big Show. If Shaq backs out. He could not that I I think Big Show is necessarily ready to retire. Do you really but, think he's going to retire? I know he's talking like he's going to retire, but do you get into that shape to just retire? I think you do if you want to have one more serious run and, you know, so that people because right now when you think the Big Show, what do you think of? Like, what is Big Show's lasting legacy in WWE if he retires today? Oh, um, he was really large. Yeah, that's it. And not necessarily in the he was seven feet four inches. In the his weight really fluctuated. At one point, he wrestled a sumo wrestler and might have been bigger than he was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's a guy. He's this number one draft he literally you know in many ways is the number one draft pick who gets sent to the minors because he's not in good enough condition that's what happened circa 2000 yeah is they literally sent him down to ovw because he was not in physical shape to wrestle for wwe yeah so i I think i think he wants to have one more run where people are like oh man i hope that they give it to him but i don't see space for him on either of those cards at the top. He's not going to... Ru- you mean either Raw or SmackDown? Yeah. I don't know if he's even at the... I don't know that he's at the top, but I think you give... He gets six months to a year of doing relevant things. You know, you put him in the money in oh, the bank. What a legacy. You did six months of relevant things. As opposed to the last two years where he was an authority lackey? I mean, I don't really think either one is very impressive. Because right now what most people think of is he turns heel and face 100,000 times a night. That's that's his legacy right now for casual fans. Whereas if he had a run with the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title, and maybe he you put him in a random main event in like September when there's not a lot going on after SummerSlam, and he randomly wrestles whomever the champion is, whether it's Braun Strowman or, you know, whoever else is champion by that point, you put him up there with Brock Lesnar or Goldberg. And, you know, there's a room for him as like that spot starter kind of guy. He's not going to win a title and hold it for six months, but no, I think that's exactly what I was saying. He's, he's not going to do that. So no, but he's going to be involved in, he's going to be involved in a full-time capacity for a little while before retire. Yeah. Maybe he can put over Zack Ryder or something really cement that legacy. Luke Harper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those guys, by the way, um, 
Is anybody surprised that this whole Big Show Shaq thing is not going to happen? Like, I mean, have you seen Shaq recently? Have you seen him in those Icy Hot commercials? He doesn't look like he's mobile, nor does he look like he's in good physical shape. Like, is it a surprise that this was not going to happen? I don't think he could take a bump. And then what are you going to do? Just have him come out there and do a great colleague chop, and that's going to be the whole match? No, I think – I don't know that – I don't know. That whole thing was weird. The whole idea that he would wrestle at all. like, And I know he was part of WCW in the 90s when Hulk Hogan came over and he was a young guy in Florida where they were doing a lot of the taping stuff. I'm just saying if you've seen Shaq within the last year, why did you ever think this was a good idea? That's all I'm saying. I don't know that anyone did think it was a good idea, besides WWE, because of the money, money, money. They they would be perfectly happy with him coming out doing a great college chop and winning because people are going to be paying attention. They wanted the headlines that Shaquille O'Neal is going to be a part of WrestleMania. That's what they wanted. Speaking of childhood stories, I don't know if I've told this one on the podcast before. So it was Christmas Eve, circa, I don't know... 1992? When was Shaq big in the NBA? I want to say it was like 94. Okay. But I'll look it up. I'll look it up while you start telling the story. Who knows? It very well could be that. Uh, whatever it was, it was Christmas Eve. we just done the Christmas Eve thing, visiting the family, you know, uh, and we come home and, you know, we're sending the good, the kids to bed, being myself and my brother. And, you know, of course, being Christmas Eve, we can barely sleep. We're up Half the night anyways, you finally nod off, you wake up, it's still 2.30 in the morning, and what do you do? Well, when you have a brother and it's Christmas Eve and your parents are in bed, you sneak out of your room, you meet up with your brother, you tiptoe down the hallway, and you look at all the fat loot that Santa left you underneath the tree. So that's what we're doing. Stop for a second. Shaquille O'Neal was the first pick in the 92 NBA draft. So yeah, 92-93. All right, so we're talking nine-year-old Doc Manson here, creeping down the hallway, going to go take a look at what present Santa left down the tree. Now, the way our house is set up, the bedrooms are at one end of this hallway. It's a raised ranch, and you start walking down the hallway, and you have to pass by you know, the stairs that go to the split level to go down to the first floor, and then you go past that into the living room. That's where we have the tree set up. So I'm walking past the stairs, the foyer there, and... I don't know what it was, but I just something caught the corner of my eye. And I don't know what I thought it was, but I just sort of turned and looked. And as I'm trying to sneak by, it's 2.30 in the morning. I just see this giant, imposing black man just looming there on, 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 the, on, on the stairs. And I just screamed my bloody head off. 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm just screaming. <laughs> and my parents rush out of their room. They throw on the hall light. And I see there, on the, again, it's in that, that, that landing there at the end of the first set of stairs, there is literally this seven-and-a-half-foot-tall, life-size cutout of Shaquille O'Neal dressed as Santa Claus with a sack over his shoulder and everything that apparently my parents thought would be a really cool thing 
to set up for Christmas morning. And I don't know if you know this about Doc Manson, but I am not a sports fan. I have never been a sports fan. I've never watched basketball. I probably didn't even know who Shaq was outside of maybe... No, that wasn't even Shaq. I was going to say Space Jam. That wasn't Shaq. That was the other guy. Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's the one. Um, now, I, was brother was brother Manson a sports fan? I know him a bit. He, I would assume yeah, I guess he, not. No, I think he was. So maybe it was more for him. I don't know. I, I don't even know the story. I don't even know where that cutout came from. But I just, I just, burned in my mind when I think of Shaq, that is what I will think of from now the rest of my life. I would pay serious money to just listen to the audio. And I know that there isn't any. But if there was just a recording of just a quiet house, you hear like the normal like creaking sounds. And you hear like the sound of kids quietly, like this whispering and... And then all of a sudden... Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, man. That would be great. That's a great story. It's a terrible That's story. A fan- well, it's a terrible story for you, yeah. which makes it a great story for everyone else. Oh, and by the way, I'll pick Roman Reigns. Um, okay. That's he just, probably yeah. has a better chance of winning. I'm, I'm, the only reason I'm picking Roman Reigns is because it's Roman Reigns. Exactly. And I know he's been on a losing kick of late, but I'm, to show – because I, I don't care about that storyline right now, I'll go with Roman Reigns. The match should be interesting because I like Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns is very good in the ring. But uh, that match could not happen and it would still be just fine. Agreed. All right. Which brings us to Owens and Goldberg. And this is the one that I'm I'm stuck on. You know, I really could go either way. Are you going to pick Bill Goldberg to win the Universal title in 2017? I don't I don't know. Um I don't think so, but probably. So is that a, which, which one am I writing down here? Can't you just write down Owens slash Goldberg? So you're, you're, are you passing on making the prediction? You can, Uh, I don't know. It really could go either way. And the one thing, the only, the one reason why I feel like, it's going to be Goldberg winning is because they have not stripped Jericho of the U.S. championship. True. Like, that's that's a fair point. That's really the only reason that I have that I think Goldberg's actually going to do it. But I think it's because, a really because bad Owens, idea. Because Owens and Jericho will fight yeah. for the U.S. title. Correct. But at the same time, like, when I really look at it, Lesnar versus Goldberg does not need a championship. Lesnar versus Goldberg versus Undertaker does not need a championship in really that Really does not mix. need a championship. I mean, I guess the only thing you do with that is that's how you get Undertaker one last title reign? I, I don't know. Because, again, I don't don't really feel like you want to give a win to Brock Lesnar at this point of his career. I don't feel like you want to make Goldberg into this long-reigning thing. You want to send him into WrestleMania, this nostalgia kick as the champion. Fine, I guess I could see that. But long-term, he doesn't have an extensive contract with the WWE, does he? 
Um, I think no. he's only contracted through Mania. Not to say they can't come to terms for more dates. I'm sure that they can. But again, mm-hmm. it's not like it's going to be a super long-term thing. The only reason I would see putting the title on Lesnar is to say, we have you until Mania 34. You mean we're going oh. to make... Okay, no, go ahead. Next year. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, for a year. We're, we're going to make the most of it because we have you booked for these X, X amount of dates. We're going to use you because if he's not in the title picture... When Goldberg goes away, unless Brock Lesnar is going to wrestle Kevin Owens, which is not a guarantee, unless he's going to wrestle Roman Reigns again, which is not a guarantee, what do you do with Brock Lesnar? Nothing. Shinsuke? AJ? Yeah, I don't know. The Beast has lost its luster. It has. It has. I am going to say Kevin Owens in the hopes that he retains, but... The fact that Chris Jericho is still U.S. champion and the fact that he Owens literally attacked Jericho at a house show, which I love. I love that he attacked him at a house show. Uh, yeah, you would think Jericho would get involved in some form or fashion. So, uh, you know, I my brain says Goldberg, but I'm going to go with my heart on this one and say Kevin Owens. Yeah, I'm just going to say Goldberg, I guess, to be different, but I, it really could go either way. <laughs> And I, I really hope Goldberg doesn't leave the champion, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The only way I wa- the only reason I want him to be the champion is because I know it will make Jason Malta very happy. And as a friend of mine, I want him to be happy. But otherwise, I have no need for him. Fair. Um, explain this to me. So. Randy Orton. I don't care. Does you started by saying Randy Orton, and you've immediately turned me off to the entire situation. He does Bray Wyatt's bidding until Bray Wyatt says the magical phrase, "You've been given the keys to the kingdom." As soon as that happened, Randy Orton said, "Now is the perfect time for me to burn down." the shack that is the Wyatt compound. Do I have this story right? Did I, am I, am I missing something? I feel like when it comes to SmackDown, while I am interested in what is happening, I feel like I'm missing pieces of a puzzle. I don't think you're missing pieces of a puzzle. What I think is going on here is typical Bray Wyatt bullcrap. Nothing he's ever touched or been involved in has ever 100% made sense. Period. They can't seem to tell a decent storyline with Bray Wyatt. Which is so funny because they said, now granted, they weren't the best stories, but for years, literally decades, they told Undertaker stories without a problem. The problem is Bray Wyatt is incapable of, of giving a cohesive promo. I know everybody's, they all talked about that, that promo he just gave as his first time champion in the era of Wyatt. And, oh, he was really tearing up the mic. I can't believe the promo he dropped. It, it was garbage. He literally said nothing for five minutes, just like he always does. Like, I don't know what anybody's talking about. I don't know what you see. That character has been ground up into nonsense 
And that's all he ever talks okay. about. That's my opinion. Okay. Nope. I, I think that is a valid opinion. I don't necessarily agree with it. I enjoy Bray Wyatt's promos. But to be fair, I enjoy the delivery more than I enjoy the message. Yeah. He never, he never, that's my point. He never has a message. He really doesn't. And even if he does have a message, it's one sentence that he says 16 different ways. And you lose track of what it is he's even saying. He's so busy talking circles around himself. It's not engaging and it makes Mm -hmm. for bad stories. But it's, it's just, I'm, I'm confused because Randy wins the Royal Rumble. And then forfeits the shot. Then they have a battle royal. And there's controversy. Though not real controversy. Because they kind of botched the double le- the double landing. Nope. Then they have, no footage exists. So Then they have Harper versus Styles. And AJ wins. And I'm okay with that. I really am. I'm like, hey, that was a swerve. Most of us were expecting Luke Harper to win. AJ wins. AJ versus Bray is a match I am excited to see. Fine. Except. Except now Randy, in terms of burning down the con, I almost called it a condo, the condo, the Bray Wyatt condo, (laughs) and perhaps sister Abigail underneath it. um, Now he's said, oh, I was just kidding. Now I want in. Why why would Daniel Bryan allow him in at this point? You wouldn't. He forfeited his shot. That's it. You wouldn't think so. It's over. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. You said no. And so we made other plans. You can't all of us and you can't say you can't, you know, take it back. No, you cannot. You, you said no. I agree. And I don't think that story makes any sense. So now, you know, and again, I have no problem with Bray Wyatt versus AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. If that's where they want to go, a triple threat match. No problem. It's a little unfair to Luke Harper because, again, there's a question mark there in terms of what you do with him. But I also understand WWE is not necessarily prioritizing Luke Harper. I enjoyed the run. He had a great match. He's cut some good promos. If that's as high as he's going to get, I have no problem with it. But I'm just, I I feel like people are loving the stories, and it's certainly good television. I am watching with interest, but I am watching with confused interest. I feel like I'm watching Lost. I, have I been, feel like I'm watching Lost. I have been, I would say, 100% less interested in the heavyweight championship since Bray Wyatt won it. Huh? It was far more engaging when AJ had the championship and he was feuding with everybody under the sun. AJ versus Cena is a hundred times more engaging than what we are seeing right now. Those storylines at least made sense. And is it simply because AJ and John Cena, when cutting promos, have a message that is clearly understood. I think that's part Orton, of it. And it's not just, it's not just the promos. Re- the promos are part of it. But as you just said, Randy Orton, you, 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 you laid it all out. He won the cha- He why. won the title shot. He turned it down. They did a thing. They had to clear that up. Somebody else got named finally. And now he's just saying he's back in. That doesn't make any sense. Nobody should allow that. Daniel Bryan or Shane McMahon would say no. Why is this a thing? It doesn't. They've run circles around themselves to get to a conclusion that they could have just said, okay, Randy Orton's in there, and oh, AJ Styles feels like he should be in there, so he's going to challenge Randy Orton, and he beat him. Okay, I guess you're both in the match. Like, 
that would have been way less gymnastics, both physically and mentally and story-wise, mm-hmm. to get there. It's just it's convoluted. Everything yeah. about it is convoluted. Well, and that, and I guess that's my question. We we talk, you know, ever since the brand split, week after week after week, SmackDown is better, SmackDown is better, SmackDown is better. The stories are better. And now we've got a story. And again, I I, I compare it to watching Lost. Now, I didn't watch that show when it first came out i caught up with it on netflix i've but never seen that, lost you watch that show as and i understand like, oh. there is a hatch and a smoke monster also yes. jesus kind of yeah by the end but um you watch it and you go i am completely confused are you feeling yet lost somehow, yet somehow entertained until you get to the last episode which many people were disappointed with and i can get that kind of like seinfeld but, Seinfeld was worse. That episode was terrible. It was pretty bad. Although I had John Panette, who's a comic that I like. Although he's dead. But I still like him. Um, Yeah, I am entertained yet very confused. And the confusion is getting to a point where it is risking my entertainment. And it's, you've lost your entertainment. Did you even watch the segment where Randy set the thing on fire? I did. I thought it was kind of interesting the music and like the production of it interested me, but I don't care. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, you know, I, I think I was much more intrigued by Cena and Miz and not only because it felt more real, hundred percent, but also, but also I understood completely what was happening and I'm like, okay, these two, you know, the Miz obviously has a legitimate problem with John Cena and articulated it very well. John Cena responded in kind with some legitimate criticisms of The Miz that I enjoyed very much. Uh, the women came out and kind of, I won't say ruined it, but did nothing to add to it for me. But, uh, you know, I they did a nice job making a mixed tag team match seem like a very big deal. Sure did. Looking forward to it. So. Uh, anything else from the week in wrestling that I have missed? That is, American Alpha, are they going to even be a part of WrestleMania besides the pre-show? Who? The the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Hmm. I'm not familiar with them. Okay. I don't remember seeing them in a while. They weren't on this week's episode that I saw. And the last time I remember seeing them was the gauntlet match where the... Oh, no. They wrestled Breezango. They beat him. And then the Usos taunted him from the crowd. That was last so week? So I... I think so. Yeah, because I enjoyed watching the Usos do their gangsta Usos uh, thing. The Usos are terrible. Um, I have a... F- Is it possible that they're kind of just hanging back until they can come out with Kurt Angle? Yeah, but even that, unless we're going to see, maybe, but at the same time, you would think that they would be building to something where Kurt Angle would make sense with them. Do you think that Jack Swagger asked for his release because his buddy Zeb Coulter is now running creative in TNA? I didn't consider that. 
but you would imagine that it is. Plus, the Hardys are now gone from TNA. You know, a lot of TNA... As are Mike Bennett and Maria Scanella. Maria Canellis. Who? Maria something. I know who Maria is, and I know who Mike Bennett is. I watched him in Ring and of Honor. And Jade but... is gone. No, she'll be part of the she'll be part of the women's tournament. Probably, That's probably that what that plan is. Uh, Mike Bennett will go to NXT, I suppose. But yeah, I imagine that's part of it. Jack Swagger will join up with Aaron Rex, Liberace. Yeah, whatever. And I, you know, I, I, the Hardys leaving TNA is a blow. I don't know that they're dead necessarily. I'll be interested to see what happens with TNA. Oh, they're not but... dead. They're fine. But like I understand what they're doing. They 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 are tying down the talents that will actually help them build a company long term. The people who were trying to get short term deals one year, they're letting them go. And yes, the Hardys are probably the most exciting thing on that show. And beyond that. I know this is going to sound weird, but that the wedding angle that they ran last week was one of the best produced segments that TNA has done in years. And they've released a large swath of talent that were directly responsible for that as well. Um, so who got married? No one, but it was a wedding was between, wedding um, I forget the, her name. Um, I'm for Chelsea green is her, is her indie name, I think, but they call her Laurel, I think, in TNA. Laurel, yeah. And she was marrying Braxton Sutter. It all has to do with um, Allie. Never mind. If, it's if all TNA decided, you. If TNA decided to do a complete reset and literally be like, we're starting over, I might watch because... A new company learning new people starting from square one, I might be like, sure. I don't think they're going to hit the hard reset button, but I think that is exactly what they are effectively doing. And and, and I I can see the value in that. I just, you know, it's – it feels like – and I guess maybe this is part of the Twitter culture. It feels like anytime TNA is in the news, it's – Oh God! This happened. And now it's over. I know, and but people people just like that. to say, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They're mismanaging the company, and I agree. Dixie Carter mismanaged the hell out of that company. However, everything that happened right now, all these talent releases that happened right now, I know it looks bad. I know these guys were big names and they were doing great things, and they were probably some of the most popular things. But again. In terms of long-term building and investment, this is some of the smartest business that that company has done in a long time, unfortunately. Do you want to see the Hardys in WWE? No. They will never, ever, ever be allowed in the WWE to film a promo in which Matt Hardy speaks to the reincarnated spirit of George Washington, who currently lives in a giraffe to whom he is feeding carrots to talk about his journey to Egypt that he is about to take. Like that will never happen. And that magic, that creativity is not the, they're never going to get that in the WWE. Never. That gimmick will never work. Having said that, do you want to see Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy 
in Lucha Underground? I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with Lucha Underground right now. All that stuff that happened with AAA, and it seems to me that the future of that company is also not assured at this point. Because if Matt Hardy can't, if TNA's off the table, and WWE, and I think you're right, they would have to, they could not be anything remotely resembling what when Matt, Matt Hardy, is Hardy now. teleported back from Egypt. He also teleported back with a gold-plated Skarsgård, who is no longer a dilapidated boat, but is now the golden ark that will hold all of the tag team gold that we will amass across the cosmos. That will never happen in the WWE. And this is a storyline, the broken brilliance needs to continue somewhere it needs to but my question is where ring of honor you know new japan i don't know i don't know if i'm going to be able to see it i don't know if i can take this journey with matt hardy but it needs to continue somewhere unless they literally start a youtube channel and they don't even wrestle anymore or or they're doing this all you know, alongside a bunch of indie dates. I mean, that's essentially what they were doing on TNA. They were going to go around. They were doing this journey through the cosmos to win all these tag team goals from all these independent promotions. That's the storyline they were going to tell. I mean, they could just keep doing that. Just the central thread no longer appears on TNA programming. Um, the Hardys produced those videos themselves. They released them onto YouTube. Uh, I think that they can just continue to work independent dates for a multitude of companies. And as long as their deals allow them the rights to that footage, they can build their own, at the very least, media company off of that. That would be what I would do. That, that you know. I don't know that, how long that, would... that lasts. I don't think Broken Matt Hardy is going to continue to draw eyes much more than a year or two down the line. I could be wrong. But, you know, two years from now is a long time. Do we really think a gimmick is going to continue to work two years from now? I, I mean, I don't know. The odds no, are against you it. Milk, you, milk it. you milk it for as long as it works. And when it stops working so well, then you consider Lucha Underground or a return to WWE because the Hardy boys coming back, whether it's now or two years from now is still going to be a relatively big deal. So long as WWE is still prioritizing tag team wrestling, even if they come back for a quick run and then like, the, like they do exactly what the Dudley boys did. And, but in 2018 into 2019, they do it. Yeah. I mean, everybody's always talking about now, Oh, yeah, bring back the Hardy Boys. Then, you know, they come back regular, and then Matt breaks again. You get to retell the entire storyline using WWE nope. budget. Not going to happen. Nope. Not going to happen. I mean, just as like you just said, they brought back the Dudleys, and everybody was waiting for Bully Ray to show up. Everybody was waiting nope. for that split. It didn't happen. Do you really think that they're going to do that with Matt Hardy? No. No. If anything, what you're going to get is you're going to get a watered-down version of it called Matt Hardy version 2. Or version seven, because he was version one when he had the singles run 
in the beginning of this century. Yeah. Uh, we have emails. The emails, the emails, what, what, the emails. DDTWrestling at gmail.com is where you can send those emails. We have four this week from uh, some of our all-time favorite people. And uh, take it away. One Doc Manson at Doc Manson. This first one comes in from Glenn with Eric Rowan posting that rather eerie promo on Twitter on Tuesday. Do you think he is out for revenge on Bray Wyatt? Or will side with him against the attentions of Randy Orton and Luke Harper? Thanks as always, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn, at GA WrestleNut on Twitter. We do appreciate the email. Having said that, um, I no longer care about Eric Rowan. Yeah, I didn't see the promo. I have no idea what his intentions are. It's him in the sheep mask pacing. Now, granted, I didn't listen to it. I just watched it. But it's him pacing in a very Bray Wyatt-esque kind of thing. Um, Eric Rowan's never going to be a star on his own. He's not as talented as Luke Harper. He's not as talented as Beef Stroganoff. Um, He either comes back as the one true stalwart of the Wyatt family. It's just Bray and Rowan. But at the same time, I feel like Bray's abandoned him 150 times. And I would be interested in seeing him do something completely different. I'd like to see him come back in some hot pink pants, giant shears. Eric, Eric the barber. The barber Rowan. Got, there's something there. I don't know. I, I'd like, you know, again, you align him with somebody, you know, he becomes a bodyguard Here's, for uh, if, if, someone. If Eric Roman legit never comes back. No, That's fine. Right. That's fine. He's got a nice spin kick and he's got an interesting look. I mean, to your point. I don't think they're ever going to make anything else out of him, so I assume he aligns himself with Bray Wyatt again. There you go, Glenn. Yeah. Unless, unless they decide. This is the only other thing. You reform the Harper and Rowan tag team, and you actually let them win the dang titles, which they never did. This next one comes in from Mitchell Monroe. My apologies Mitchell. for my lack of emails, but I got your back this week. So if you had a fantasy book, what WWE does with Samoa Joe after Mania, leading into SummerSlam, what would you say? Thanks, Mitchell. That's a great message. Um, at Gift of Podcast. Oh, yeah. At Gift of Podcast. I was on that show once. It was good. I'm very glad. You uh, didn't listen? Book. Of course I did. I thought you were excellent. Mm. <laughs> I especially liked... When you talked. That is the type of praise that I like to hear. Um, Samoa Joe after Mania. I assume he uh, has I about 16 more matches with Finn Balor, and that's that. I, I you know, it's, it's hard to book after Mania because you don't know where all the chips are going to fall. And then you've got the draft in a few months, and you don't know what's going to happen with that. Um. I assume he is involved in a program with Rollins 
you know, after, uh, you know, if if Seth Rollins is going to wrestle Triple H and win, which you would assume he would do, I guess Samoa Joe would be next. Uh, I'd like to see him potentially win money in the bank. I think he'd do a nice job holding that briefcase. Um, I'd book him as a top level guy, you know, and maybe even your universal or WWE champion some point down the road. Yeah. I think the next year of Samoa Joe is him aligned with the authority. So Mm -hmm. it could be money in the bank. It could be the universal championship, but whatever it is, he'll be right there in and around the title picture, probably for the next year or so. Yeah. You know, that raw doesn't have a huge amount of, um, baby faces like he's got Rowan's Rollins I assume there's a feud with Reigns yeah I'd like to see him wrestle Kevin Owens did that match ever happen or did Owens leave for NXT for WWE before that I feel like there was a face off and I don't know if there was ever actually a match I feel like they wrestled once maybe that was it but I don't know so this next one comes in from Bradley McClurs. McCullers. McCullers. Last week, I told you guys about some Chris Hero, a.k.a. Cassius Oh No, Oh No, matches. The Jeff Cobb match was on PWG Prince Show, and the tag match with Tommy N versus Pentagon and Phoenix was during the Battle of Los Angeles. For this week, are there Anyone from the Indies that you have heard of in the last year that you want to see heading to NXT in the near future? Um, the first one that comes to mind is Mike Bennett and then possibly Drew Galloway. But Drew Galloway that- will actually never go to NXT, but Mike Bennett might. Is that because you know they've left recently and you expect it, or do you really want to see those guys in TNA or in NXT? I remember liking Mike Bennett in Ring of Honor when I saw him once or twice. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever being impressed with anything of his that I saw in TNA, but I think that's because they put way too much emphasis on Maria in TNA. And I'm not exactly a fan of hers. Yeah, that's fair. She's a pretty lady, um, but that's as far as it goes. Adam Cole. I know it's not going to happen because he's a Ring of Honor champion, but Adam Cole, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, those are two names. Um, again, names that aren't probably going to happen, but you know, if Silas Young, Dalton Castle... Any of these Ring of Honor guys would be great fits. Um, Donovan Dijak, you know, he's a friend of the NAI network. He's a friend of the show. Um, Warbeard Hansen, Ring of Honor guys that I'd like to see go to NXT. Uh, but that's about it. I lost you. Or are you thinking? Not really. I mean, people are always talking about but that um, that Kenny Omega guy or Kenny Abushi nope, or something Kota Abushi Yeah oh yeah he was a guy we saw him before I don't I don't care I don't I don't I don't care If they want to bring back Bull James they want to bring back some Bull Dempsey for me I'd I'd appreciate that Ooh what if they brought back uh Titus Brodus Clay Yeah you know who I actually would like to see them maybe bring back from TNA currently um, 
I like Eli Drake quite a bit. I don't know who that is. Somebody was talking about him on Twitter. I could not pick him out of a lineup, and apparently he does what Bad News Barrett was doing. Sort of. Um, but he was apparently in NXT previously. Um, I forget what his name was when he was in the WWE. But that guy legitimately has a presence. There is a charisma to him when he performs that I think he could actually be pretty successful in the WWE. I don't know what went wrong last time, if he was just young and it was attitude issues. I don't know. But based off where he is right now, I think I actually would like to see that. Fair enough. Well, all righty. Do we have one more? We got one more, right? We got one more. This one comes in from the P underscore A underscore V. Greetings from across the pond, guys. I, and I'm sure yourselves, don't subscribe to the theory of if WWE is great, it's Triple H, and if it's bad, it's Vince. Like some quarters do. But I'm very curious about one thing. I have seen fans... Talk about Rum- Royal Rumbles, especially something, even a little, even a title. Uh, hmm. All right, hold on. Let me let me try to read this because I let, let's let's do full disclosure here. Pav sent me a message via Twitter at DC Matthews NAI asking if it was too late to send an email. I said no. He dashed one off in probably about three minutes, and he he said it is probably confusing. So let me see if I can scan this. Vociferously? All right. So the Royal Rumble. Wait, does that mean what I think it means? Vociferously is a word. I know it is. Oh, no, that's not the word I was thinking of. Okay, never mind. No, it's, yeah. They, people have been have been crapping on Royal Rumbles. Uh, you know, people have had problems with the booking. And, but, I, and I guess that's it. So people have been giving a lot of, a lot of grief to WWE for some of the booking, yet, when Vince McMahon shows up on TV, he is cheered. So we don't like his booking decisions, but his personality and his character on screen are a fan. Well, I think uh, that's know, so, exactly it. I mean, he hasn't. He I don't. He did not bring that up in the email, but I think that's the differentiator to me. Is we like Mister McMahon, yeah, but we don't care for. Vince McMahon, the Booker's decisions all the time. Now, yeah. I'm again, and again I, he goes actually as he says, I don't really subscribe to the theory that when it's good it's Triple H, when it's bad it's Vince. I think they probably both have a mix of good and bad. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And again, his his email goes on to say that you know we don't want to be, be, be you know are we pleasantly surprised that that happens that people are discontent with Vince McMahon, the Booker. But we 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 seem to adore Vince McMahon the character, and I think that's what comes that's what it comes down to is we love the Mister McMahon character, the you know the freaking out at Steve Austin, the eye the gulping, the eyes popping, the you know falling out of his chair when Stacy Keebler's dancing on a table, that sort of guy, that character we adore. Whether or not he's making the booking decisions, what you know, what goes on with that? But people, you know, talk about hashtag Vince logic because he is at the end. He's the guy who dots the I's and crosses the T's. He writes the checks and all of that stuff. But that's what I think it is: is we have to distinguish between character and mind. I agree. All right. 
So thank you, Pod, for the email. You know, that is, yeah, fans always blurred the lines in the reality era. Well, we'll see about that. I don't know if that's necessarily true. All right. What is your piece of positivity heading into this week? What? As we've got, well, what's yours, DC Matthews? My piece of positivity? Yeah. Well, let's see. I feel like I talk about the same things over and over again. So let me try to find something. Um, Oh, I had one. It had something to do with NXT. Uh, I'm enjoying... I enjoyed the Cassius Ono through a shoe. Did we talk about that yet? No. Cassius Ono last week on NXT cut a promo at Bobby Roode and at one point literally took his shoe off and just chucked it at him. I I appreciated that. I think it's going to be interesting to see Cassius Ono. I'm excited that we're heading into WrestleMania season. I'm excited uh, watching the neighborhood freak out because a good many of them are going to Orlando to watch WrestleMania. They're going to be there live. It's going to be a great event. When are you arriving Um, in Orlando? I don't know. We talked about potentially going down in October or November, taking a long weekend and maybe hitting up Disney. Uh, I will not be there in April. Are you going? Is this where you make your announcement that you are going to be at WrestleMania, the Manson family traveling to Orlando for WrestleMania? Ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to exclusively announce that myself, Doc Manson and Mrs. Manson and Mrs. Manson DDT will not be joining you for WrestleMania in Orlando this April. (laughs) No, Uh, I very much enjoy watching it um, from the comfort of a living room. Uh, Possibly my living room? I may or may not have had that discussion with Mrs. Matthews about potentially watching it from your living Mm -hmm. room. So maybe hopefully GQ will be there so, you know, he can punch me or something for, you know, the vile things I've said about his character and his heritage. Uh, even though I love him dearly. And I have to say, the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, GQ is going to make a great Ego the Living Planet. He looks good in that role. Have you seen the new Guardians trailer? Nope. You got you to see it. All right. We got our first look at Ego the Living Planet. Kurt Russell, huh? Yeah. GQ looks very much like Kurt Russell. Sure does. Just, but just, just in case slightly more attractive, if that's possible. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited for everyone. You know, it's, it, people are excited about this time of year. Um, so we may have had issues. We may have taken issue with some of the things happening in WWE right now, but it's an exciting time of year. What about you? What is your piece of positivity? My piece of positivity is this weekend only on the NAI network. There will be a show. A show so glorious, so full of talk, that we can only call it one thing. DCN Doc Talk. That's right, we're rebranding the NAI Network exclusive show. This weekend, you can get the very first episode, and I hope that you'll enjoy it. What are we going to talk about on that show, DC Matthews? Well, this is a this is a very interesting show because uh, Doc Manson and I always like taking you inside the podcasting process. So what you are going to hear is you are going to hear a conversation while Doc and I try to create uh, the ad that many of you heard 
on an AI pod this week. They, they, you know, they have now ads for the different shows on the NAI network. You heard the ad for DC and doc talk. Um, we literally take you inside the recording of that. You'll hear various takes. You'll hear various attempts. You'll hear the fact that if they did, if they did the ad that I think they did and, and iPod is on my thing, I'm going to be listening to it later. Um, You'll hear the fact that we pretty much gave each other the ideas that we then used on it. So you're going to you're going to get inside the creative process. You're going to hear us talk about pickles. You're going to hear us talk about pickles on a hot dog. You brought it. I up. know pickles. On a I'm hot just dog. saying I'm not sure you're doing such a good job of selling this episode. This is going to be what we are going to do is with DC and Doc Talk is we are going to have a conversation and it might touch on wrestling. But it most likely won't because we have this show, DDT Wrestling, where we talk about all things wrestling. And on DC and Doc Talk, it's just two friends having a conversation and we're inviting you to come sit at our table. Come sit at our kitchen table, pour yourself a beverage of your choosing, and join us for a conversation. A chit-chat. If you will. I mean, if you will. to that end... Feel free to send us an email. You can hit up the regular one, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. If you've got suggestions for things you'd actually like to hear two longtime friends talk about, you know, I can't say we'll get to them right away because DC Matthews I've got a list. has a list. But I'll add, I'll add what I'm saying is he has an entire the, have... composition notebook. You are taking this entirely too seriously, sir. This is the list of DC and Doc Talk. Turn the pages, man. And well, I've only written two. You're such a nerd. Two, th two thirds of it. I've only filled up two thirds of a page. But, uh, but just yeah. for example, for example, let me just give you some of them. Um, okay. Pancakes versus French toast versus waffles. Which one is the best breakfast? Food? I mean, there's no we contest. Don't. Don't spoil it because this is a future thing. Uh, is Batman really a superhero? Okay. Um, I have opinions ghosts, on that. Are ghosts, are ghosts real? Okay. Uh, what are what qualifies as acceptable pizza toppings versus unacceptable pizza toppings? Um, do we really need to worry about the potential dangers of artificial intelligence? Do you want to be a cyborg? These are what I've written down. And of course, um, what were the best cartoons growing up? Okay. Those all sound riveting, and I can't wait to have it out with you. I'm I'm glad. I mean, we've got I'm half so a year of content right there. Exactly. And I haven't even exactly. been able to contribute anything yet. You've got to add your own list. You've got to have your own list. And then I would love... Whether or not we make hashtag DC Doc Talk or whether you send an email to ddtwrestling at gmail.com, uh, we want your topics. What do you want to hear us talk about? Do you enjoy memories from our youth? Do you enjoy hearing about young Doc Manson being scared by a large black man? Is that what? Come on, what in all want? fairness, it was a life size shack cut out to seven and, and a and half. It was foot very tall, out of place. Tall man. It was dark. All I saw was the shape and figure of a gigantic man in the darkness. No, I understand. I got scared the other night because the apron Mrs. Matthews bought me for Valentine's Day was hanging up on a tack, and I thought it was in a burglar. <laughs> she put you in an apron. 
I guess I'm the messy chef. I know, I, get I know. Oil I know. and stuff all over hey, my clothes. Man, I need an apron. Power to you guys breaking through those gender barriers. Who who's to say what an acceptable gift is and it isn't? I think my that's Valentine's actually extremely, gift. extremely laudable. My Valentine's Day gift was an apron and a bright pink Fitbit because I would lose it if it was a darker color. I'm a t- <laughs> I just love that there was an audible like intake of breath, and then you chose to say nothing. So it was just. I am a terrible person. I am also a terrible husband and partner. Uh, I preface this to tell you that there was one Christmas, I think, in which I gifted to my wife a vacuum cleaner, a steam mop. And a garment steamer. To be fair, knowing your wife as I do, I have known Mrs. Manson for about as long as I have known you. Um, While maybe she wasn't in love with those gifts, I'm sure she appreciated the value of them. I mean, she might have even asked for all of them. But when it came time to open those gifts... I felt really bad and awkward about it. That's all I can say. Yeah, if you had mixed something else in, a piece of jewelry, a nice book. I mean, I think um, I did, but even still. And and you gifted them to the family. Like, we, we purchase things for us all the time. So, you know, we're going to actually buy ourselves. Our birthdays are coming up. Mrs. Matthews is this month. Mine is next month, as is yours. We are going to buy ourselves a vacuum cleaner for our collective birthdays. Like that, you know, because our vacuum cleaner, which we've had since we moved in, is a piece of garbage and just needs to get thrown out. But, you know, so it is understandable. But yes, I can see where when you say it like that, it sounds bad. I am a terrible person. Love you, Mrs. This. Ma- or Manson. What? Well, Thank you. I she appreciate. It. I'll let Mrs. Matthews know. Oh yeah, I love her that you too. Love She's her great. Too. This is what you're going to get from DC and Doc Talk. It's that. It's more of that and less of the wrestling and more of conversations on why Doc Manson is a terrible person. Because I am. Anything else you'd like to say terrible person before we head out into that good night? You know that I never do. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, and until we meet again, my friends, this weekend on DC and Doc Talk, we will see you around the neighborhood.